1: so that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants, 18 plus rewards registration required. Points only on menu items. Delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com.
0: When you shop at a Walmart vision center, you get it. You know that you'll spend a little less on stylish glasses for the whole family. Welcome to the Vision Center. Let me know if you need help finding the perfect frame. Hey, Mom, you were right. These glasses are cool. Hun, they take our insurance. That means Papa's getting a new pair, too. Whoa, glasses start at just $39. Next stop, groceries. So you can get a little more of what you need. Find a Vision Center near you. Save money, live better. Walmart. Welcome to
1: Cottage Talk. I am Russ Goldman, joining me live is max cohen in the secret square and in the right hand corner is mike greg this is our post match show of fulham's four to three loss unfortunately their four to three loss to Leeds united and we're going to go through this match and talk about some other things as well first of all before we do anything else i want to welcome both of my co-hosts back to the show first mr cohen how you doing
2: Doing as well as I can, Russ. You know, two matches down, two losses. Fulham Twitter is in full overreaction mode. Um, But I think this week we'll find a bit more justified in your eyes, perhaps, than last week. But it's clear we need center backs. We've known that for weeks. We've would the same show. We play last week's show right right again.
1: But (laughs) listen, the club knows that. I'm sorry, we need center backs? Okay, go
2: ahead. (laughs) And uh, I think at this point it's it's just negligence. I I don't have any other explanation for it. We're trying to get people in. But why is this happening two weeks into the season? But, you know, we'll save much more about that, that ranting for later. Uh, it's great <laughs> to be on with Mike. Always good to have Mike on the show. Absolutely. For for an hour of getting this is my anger management for the week, just getting it all out. So
1: I'm looking forward to it. <laughs> well, listen, it has been a little bit, like you said, uh therapeutic as I've uh, was talking to Mike off air before we went live. I love doing this show because it, it gives us a chance to really vent and, and get it all out. And trust me, I have a lot to say as well. I've actually said that on Twitter that I, I have some my own views, and uh, I'll let them out as well before we doing anything else. Mike, it's good to have you back, my friend. How are you doing?
3: Yeah, thanks, Russ. Hi, Max. Uh, yeah, good to be back. Um, yeah, getting used to being back in the Premier League, even in weird season again, just as the last season ended weirdly as well. and um, and But it's uh, it's just <laughs> what we saw last time, isn't it? It's, uh, it's just a repeat again and uh we're gonna i'm sure we're gonna talk about lots of things um but it is two years later but it's almost exactly the same and uh we're saying mistakes i was gonna say that both on and off the pitch um and yeah we'll discuss it further but you know it's good to do the show and um you know it's uh not short sure of goals our games anyway. That's the main thing, isn't it? <laughs> Which is probably at odds to the way I expected Parker to sort of uh, get the team game. So, yeah. Uh, yeah, looking forward to talking about it.
1: Okay, excellent. And, Max, I want to start with you. I always like doing this. Mad Max's opening thoughts, and you always bring it. So let's start here. And Mike actually started us off, off really on the right foot. Well, for Fulham, it's off on the wrong foot. The mistakes, Max, this is what stands out to me. I want your open thoughts. I I just have a little uh, scratch to itch because Mike really just got me thinking about it. We're seeing the same mistakes, the same errors that are preventable, Max. We can and will talk about the recruitment, the center back situation. We'll talk about all that. The disjointment that we're seeing again. Okay. But Mike's right. I can't ignore the fact that it reminds me a great deal of two seasons ago. I'm seeing goals scored against Fulham that are very similar. The very first goal, and we'll talk about it, reminded me of the Crystal Palace match, the opening match, the opening goal against Fulham. It reminded me of that. So give me your opening thoughts. Again, listen, there are some positives to come out of this. There are, because Fulham did score some goals, and then obviously there was a fight back. So we're going to talk about that as well. But overall... It's not good enough, my friend. And we are seeing the same old story once again. 100 percent And it's gone to the point where
2: the Premier League isn't fun. This is not fun for anybody. Um, and I think <laughs> we knew this going in, but it's not getting fun watching your team ship four or three goals a week, losing every week, you know, being the laughing stock of the top flight. It's nothing's fun about this. And and the sad thing is, it's almost a replay, as you guys mentioned, of twenty eighteen-19. Defenders just not 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 defending that's right and Leeds, in my opinion are a decent side but when i came on the show last week and i said you no know, there are warning signs when it got beat by arsenal people said oh it's it's a bernie it's lacazette it's pepe it's one of the best front lines in the league just you wait we'll play teams around us and we'll do fine well i don't care what you say about Leeds and bielsa but they're not going to finish in the top 10 this year and if, if, but and, and they're not one of the best teams in the league and we got outdone by that even worse i think than arsenal it's our defenders just being out of position. The biggest thing is there's no leadership in the back line. has come in from, from PSG. This is his first match. He's not marshalling back for it. Hector, supposedly the one constant. Supposedly our best defender. He's out of position. He's on the halfway line. He's challenging for balls. Getting beat out. I mean, he had one of the worst displays I think I've seen in a long time. Just missing a simple header again on the corner. Not defending. The, the guy's six foot plus. He can't get a simple header in. Kenny Tete a player who I think a lot of people are excited about, yep. great cross. But you're right back. He's out of position on two goals, doesn't track back. There's no cover for the defenders. Dennis Adoy is Dennis Adoy. And again, Joe Bryan didn't cover himself in glory, didn't track his runners. And and, and again, I don't think this is something like you can coach out of these players. Scott Parker said in, in, the, in the post-match interview that these are errors, these are switch-offs. A manager can only do so much when a players has got on the pitch and capitulate. And, and that's what gets me fo- so frustrated because it was exactly the same thing in 2018-19. The players couldn't do the simple things. And if players can't do the simple things, it's a joke. You have no chance in the Premier League. And I feel expected to get relegated if nothing changes. I feel expected to be a long, long season that honestly no one is going to enjoy.
1: Okay. Excellent there, Max. Mike, I'm going to go to you. Before I do, I'm going to share this because I think this – comment, kind of sums up what Max is talking about. This is from Paul D.R. Hawkins Wiltshire. Full more dreadful in defense, but dangerous going forward. If get a good leader in the defense, then could be a good season. I'm not going to disagree with this comment. I would say two center backs, but they need a leader. They do look good going forward in this match, but defense is dreadful, Mike. Thoughts on this, and then give me your opening thoughts.
3: I Yeah, I mean, dangerous going forward. I mean, I still don't think you see teams attack us and they seem to have three or four players available where when we attack, yeah, you've got Mitrovic up top and um, maybe the wide guys there. But, you know, we still don't get in the box in numbers. So that's that's where I think we fail attacking-wise anyway. But, I mean, our our weak link, as it was two years ago, um, is still the defence. And... You look at a back four side. OK, Hector, we have to remember, this is this is his big chance. He's been around on loan, came to us, was clearly our best centre-back in the second half of the season and is head and tails above any of our other centre-backs. But yeah, he's had a shaky start, but he's in a new league as well for him. And, um, you know, you, I suppose we're going to give him a bit of a free pass at the moment. But the fact is, from the team two years ago, you still have Brian um, who really has to prove himself now. You know, re- you know he, he made a lot of mistakes two years ago. He made mistakes last year. Um, what he did at Wembley probably allows him a bit of a run now. Right. Um, but, you know, he's he, he's still a lot to prove. The Dory I've made quite clear, and I did it two years ago, <laughs> as nice a bloke as he is, and everything he does for us, you know, and his little skill bits he does and everything else, he's not a Premier League starting defender, and certainly not a left-sided centre-back. So I said it two years ago: if he starts majority of games, we go down, and that's not because of him personally. It just shows the level of quality you have at the back there. Um, and Tay, where well, he's a new player, so you know, and he did he did fairly well, but the fact is, you've still got 50% of that back is from last time that shipped him, what, over 80 goals? Yep. And in three games, he's played doy Ream and, and, you know, and Marsh Hand as well. And none of them, quite frankly, from my point of view, are good enough to be Premier League starters on a consistent basis. You know, they might be able to come in for a game or two, but, you know, starting them four or five games in a row, I just don't, we're not going to pick up points because they're just going to make mistakes or they're, you know, it's the quality isn't there, you know, whether it's, um, you know, just tactically they can't cope or whether it's physically, you know, pace-wise, whatever. But uh, to go into this season, two games in, when we've looked at the fixtures and you, yes, Arsenal, as far as a free hit, you, you take whatever you can. But now we've got, I think it's nine, ten games in a row where we should be looking to pick up you know, 13, 14, 15 points yep. if we're going to stay up. And we've already, and yeah, it was a Premier League game on Saturday, but it was a championship game as well only a few <laughs> weeks ago. So, you know, it's still not a real test yet. So, right. and and we lost, you know, we lost that game. So that's another two points, another three points down. So we're playing catch up already. Yes, there are five other teams, I think, four or five other teams who've played two games and not got a point. But um, you know, it's just to leave it late again on getting one, let alone what I think is two centre backs. What we need, because again, you're going to have Reem Marshand or Adoy as your first reserve. What if Hector gets injured? Then they're straight in. You know, so yep. so I, I think we need to go for two, and you know, linked again with wingers and 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 that kind of thing is quite depressing and. I don't want to hear that we're struggling. You know, it's a market. You can't get a centre back. There's transfers are happening. We've signed other players and other positions. Why is centre back such an issue? What is the
1: great question?
3: You know, in four years, why has it taken so long? (laughs)
1: It's a great question, Mike, and it's funny because that sets up where I want to go because I want to focus on some of the issues that Fulham are having. We're talking about center back and how many center backs do you need? I say two, Mike says two, Max, two? Or is it yeah. just one? And then we'll talk. We'll go back and talk a little bit more about Michael Hector.
2: I, I think it's two. I agree with you guys because we can convince ourselves that thinking Michael Hector is going to be a Premier League center back. But the evidence I've seen in the first two matches, that's not the case. The worrying thing is that it's not that players took him on one-on-one and, and completely skinned him or that he was undone by a amazing skill. It's that he didn't mark up on a corner two two weeks in a row, two weeks in a row, and for two weeks in a row as well, he's getting sucked into the halfway line and leaving the back four exposed. I I can't explain that. That, that doesn't scream. To, I know the Premier League's a quick, obviously the Premier is a, yeah. a better league, but simple things like marking on a corner, that to me doesn't... Like, that, I don't know how he's going to fix that. I mean, you can't explain that. That That's inexplicable. And and it shows to me that I don't think he's good enough for this league. Because you can't okay. have players in this league who make mistakes like that. So I, I'd love to get two more. But let's be realistic. I think we can get one center back at most. Okay. And what, there are, there are three weeks left in the window? Mike's right. We've known we need a center back ever since the final was a blue against Brentford.
1: This is not a new issue, of course. Stop,
2: stop. And Mike's right. You can People can say, oh, it's a tough market. I, I don't care. I mean. Listen, I'm going to say something about Tony Khan right now. I think he's he was doing the wrestling over the summer. Maybe the Jaguars preseason. It's not good enough. I, I, he says publicly that you know that the three endeavors are each like his children. And he loves them equally. It's an admirable, very admirable thing to say. But it's not good enough for supporters of the club. I support Fulham. I couldn't care less about the Jaguars or AEW. And he owes it to the supporters to, to pick a side. Either you say... This is a Premier League. This is bigger than the NFL. This is bigger than some entertainment wrestling, which is honestly a joke, I think. This is is the best sporting league, I think, in the world. How can you be doing two other things at the same time? That's that's the answer to why we haven't got a center back. You think we have a director of football calling 24-7 each day, knowing this is our thing, that this would happen? Of course not. Does any other Premier League team have a director of football with the NFL, with a wrestling entertainment franchise? If there is, please let me know because I don't think I don't know of any. That's the biggest failure of the of the structure. They've so got the chairman's son not focused on the Premier League team. That's a disgrace.
1: Okay, Max. Boy, you're coming off far in there.
2: Seriously, I but- don't have a response to that. <laughs> because listen, I think Tony Khan's a really good guy. I have nothing against him personally. Yep. But no one can dispute the point that if you want to stay in the Premier League, you need a director of football who's focused on that task. That, to me, is not a personal attack. That's a statement no. of fact, and no one can dispute that.
1: Okay. Mike, what are your thoughts on that?
3: Yeah, I agree with a lot of that. I mean, I think I said it on the show. You know, I mean, I've met and spoken to Tony a few times and uh, spoken about his workload and his interests, and he's one of those people, I suppose, who, who can juggle all these different things. But, you know, from our point of view, that's, it's not good enough. You know, we're doing the same mistakes again. Yep. and you know, because of the COVID situation, you know, he's in America, everything's being done remotely, different time zones, and yes, there are other guys over here, you know, Piera, you know, and others, but, you know, Tony makes the decisions, you know, and if he's not fully focused, he's on a phone call about a wrestler or, you know, quarterback or whatever, you know, then he's distracting what we need. You know, I'm sure he prioritises, that's what we want, but you know, I've joked we've a lot of us have joked that the you know the stat system that we have and the scouting, you know, which has lots of pluses. I'm not against it. Yep. But it throws out a lot of wingers, um, and it doesn't throw out many centre backs. And we've yeah, there, there is something wrong. There is something fundamentally wrong there. And you know, we we allowed Mawson to go, you know. You know now, how I feel about this, Mike. <laughs> which for me, it never made never made any sense. Okay, so if he, him and Parker, if they have fallen out, as is rumored and and said on the forums and Twitter and everything else, then as a manager, you probably just want right. Okay, I just don't. I'm not going to use him. Just get rid. Okay. But we should, st- you know, even that, we should still be there next the next day, having a centre back coming in. And, Mike. Uh, that's been you know, my that's frustration. So, so yeah, I mean, t- we need, to, you know, we need someone prioritising absolutely on what's happening. We're two games down, it's, you know, it's, and we are zero points from two games. And people will say, oh, there's, you know, X number of games left, or 36 games, but, you know, 11 of those against the top six still. And, uh, you know, you know, my views on that, any, any points from those games is a bonus. So to get to 38, whatever we're going to need, what we have at the moment is not going to be enough. So yes, we are relegation fodder as it stands today um, because we're just not going to keep We're just not going to keep enough clean sheets or keep the goals down. It's as simple as that. So yeah, we Tony will need to prioritise over the next, what, what is it, 10 days yep. or a little bit longer um, to find players who are going to, Help Parker and, and the team uh, to stay up because it doesn't look good from where I'm seeing now.
1: I hear you, Mike. And listen, this has been my number one frustration when Mawson went out on loan. And uh, I don't know anything about what you were sharing ab- about a, a situation, but regardless, you don't send the player out on loan until you have a replacement. And this has been an issue. We're talking about the center back position for how long now? And it just. They have not found a solution to it. So why are you sending someone out that you actually spend a great deal of money for? And again, you don't bring anyone in to replace him? This is the one of the baffling things for me. I and, and again, this will bother me until they find a proper re- replacement. I, I want two center backs. I, I do. But let's go back here, Mike, because Max had some views on Hector. And I I want to talk about this because. I still think we need two, but I'm not necessarily giving up on Michael Hector, okay? And here's the issue I have with this. It is two matches. He is still getting used to the Premier League. Now, I'm going to say this because I threw this out there, but um, someone that I respect a great deal told told me I shouldn't be using it as an excuse in regards to him being a new father. Same thing with Kearney. Listen, uh, we all have jobs, and and we – have to do our job, so I'm, I, that shouldn't be an excuse. But I will say this: it's only two matches in. Mike, do we really know at this point that he's not good enough for the Premier League? I want your thoughts on this because I think he deserves more time before you make a judgment on him.
3: Yeah, I mean, he does deserve more time. We've we've seen that his his uh, his skills skill level is is better than what. The others are isn't it you know i mean it's uh, absolutely we, we've seen how good he can be yes he's having a shaky time just as lots of uh, players do in lots of different positions anyone who saw hanglin's first four or five games for us would wonder what roy saw in him so you know uh, he he for me is the first choice at the moment and uh will stay that way and and yes he's having a shaky start you know um might be because the players around him are changing so much, um, you know. Because, and that's another, you know, that's another point. You know, you look back over Jurković when he was in charge um, in the Premier League, and he was fumbling around trying to find the right lineup. and And Parker is doing the same at the moment. And but the constant is hectic, if you like. And um, maybe that, maybe that's an issue as well. You know, game plans changing, different different ways to pass the players i mean you've got a, a right footed player playing on your your left hand left side of in adoy now um so yeah you, you've got to stick with him because what's the other choice until we bring someone else in you play Reem and adoy or oh. Marshand and adoy or Marshand and Reem. you know so there's no Can right get option. worse mike i actually think it could well, if he, you know, he's got to stay fit, isn't he? Yeah, you know, I don't want to hear that he picks up a niggle over the next day or so. That's for sure. Um, but yeah, no, I mean, I think I saw enough of him. We saw enough of him in the second half of the season to say he's a good player. Yes, he's just going to take time to settle. The difference with the other players who were here two years ago, like Brian and Adoy and Ream and everyone else, is we've seen them in the Premier League. Exactly. We know who they are. So we know what they can do, and it's two years on. And, um, you know, he deserves a bit more patience from some people, that's for sure. I
1: totally agree. I'm going to share this comment from Paul Fisher watching us live on my Twitter account because I agree with Paul on this. Hector's a slow starter, and we've seen this. Plus, he has no proper partner. Max, I agree with this sentiment. We're talking about leadership, right? And I know that we want Hector to be the leader, but he doesn't have a proper partner to for him to be a leader to right now, because again, they're not on the same page. And again, I agree with this sentiment. What are your thoughts about this comment?
2: Yeah, I mean, I, listen, I was very harsh on Hector to open the show, but don't let that ignore the fact that you know he he's been dealt a very tough hand. You know, again, it's his first club match in the Premier League. And right, he's, a, he's alongside a terrible defense. But the issue is he's the pressure's been placed on him. I think everyone agrees right now, he's our best defender. He's yep. only our best center back. But you can't have your best center back making errors like he's made. You can't ignore that. I think I'm, I'm, I'm trying to cut him slack. I really am. I know it's a tough position to be in. Yep. No, no proper partner, 100%. The defense around him is changing. But he's not been good enough. And, and, and I think everyone has to realize that no matter how much you want to say, External factors are at play. I, I keep returning to this point. We've had two goals conceded from corners in the first two matches. I think Hector's been the main culprit on both of them. You could argue, and okay. you want your big imposing center back to clear those things, and he hasn't. And to me, that has nothing to do with who his defenses or what his partner is. The, the blame has to play squarely on his shoulders. But listen, Mike is right. Two matches in the season. It's a small sample size, right? Thirty-six to go. He. I, I hope he'll improve. I'm not trying to write him off now, but I think what all three of us agree on is that we still need two more defenders. In an ideal yep. world, Michael Hector is not the one we're relying on to save the day. Because we've seen that and, and he's failed us. He should be, in my opinion, a really good backup, or at least the the lesser of the two center backs. He should not okay. be put in a position when he's the one everyone's depending on because he's not that player.
1: Okay. That's sure a couple more comments. Let's uh, share this from Scott Tanfo. This is about how many center backs, at least two. And uh, here's another one from my friend on Twitter. Agreed, at least two. And uh, I just like this, so I'm just going to share this. This is from Toby Jones. Can Handwin still play? I think he's a little bit old. I, I know it's a joke, but you know it's funny because, uh, again, uh, it's just uh, a very difficult situation right now. With, with the center backs, but that's not the only thing, guys, because, again, I like the fact that we have brought in fullbacks, but I want to talk about one specifically. And, Max, you, you already talked a little bit about Tete, but I want to get more into talking about him because you were talking about the good and the bad. And, Mike, you've seen the goals, scored and the goals given up. Thoughts on the overall play of Kenny Tete in this match, just, just in general?
3: Yeah, I mean, I like the look of him. I mean, you can't, that that cross for the goal is good. You know, so, um, yeah, I mean, he looks an upgrade based on, you know, using what Max says, a small sample. Um, But, uh, yeah, I mean, it's it's a positive. You know, you've got to look at every game to pick something out of it. And he's one of the positives from the other day. Um, And uh, once he gets a bit more used to how we play, then, uh, you know, hopefully he's going to, going to be the person for that position um I'm I still think we might end up with three centre backs I think one way to possibly you know possibly resolve the issues we're having is just put more defenders in right so to try and uh you know so whether he is more wing back in that situation then um you know he might see his position change slightly but uh, now I was impressed and uh you know, it was a nice cross for
1: the goal. Okay, and it's funny you say that, Mike, because Toby Jones says I expect to see a back five soon with wing backs of Tete and Brian. But Mike, it's an interesting little thought because I, I want to get your thoughts on Joe Bryan because I've talked to Emilio and and uh, Emilio has told me time and time again he likes Joe Bryan going forward. He's not. He doesn't believe he is a Premier League defender. He kind of showed that a little bit in this match against Leeds. A little bit, more than a little bit. So what are your thoughts about Joe Bryan? Because I actually liked what I saw. Again, I know it's against Ipswich Town. I do like the look of Anthony Robinson's small sample sizes we've been talking about. But what are your thoughts about Bryan as a defender? We've seen enough. Like you had mentioned before, I don't know if he's a Premier League defender for uh, for a left back. Going forward, fine. But we've, we've seen issues in defending.
3: Yeah, I like Brian. I do like Brian a lot, but <laughs> yeah, unfortunately, yeah, not a left back, not a left back in the Premier League, and uh, the wrong side the other day as well. Uh, whether you think it was a soft penalty or not, um, yeah, I we saw him the first season last year. You know, a lot of goals down that side. Um, maybe his. His role is that wing back role, but as a as a proper number three in a back four in the Premier League. No, I unfortunately I'm going to have to say pass on that one. He's so yes, maybe wing back is his his one position. Or okay. if we were to play four four two, then maybe he could be in front yeah. of the left back because our wingers, you know, that's still an issue. Yep. Spend a lot of money on them, and uh, they're not delivering at all, are they? So no, they're not. Um, it's, it looks like, you know, I was complaining earlier about him chopping and changing the team, but, uh, you know, <laughs> because of the planning and because of the purchases and um, and the players we've got, maybe that's what Parker's going to have to do to find a solution to uh, the best lineup he can come up with. But I do expect us to go to five at some stage. That was his go to sort of. Uh, you know, plan B to try and hold our games, and maybe that's going to have to be a starting point um, in the games coming up. Wow, very interesting, Mike, because I I can tell
1: you from uh, my personal uh, recollection last season, that drove me crazy. So if we're going to do that, I understand what you're saying, that he might do that. I don't know. Max, what are your thoughts about going to five at the back? Again, um, I didn't like the look of it last season. It worked. But what are your thoughts on that? And also on Joe Bryan. Yeah, I mean, the uh, simplicity of it is nice. Just put more
2: defenders in there. Hopefully things will be better. But I still think if we're putting players like a doy or Riemann, it's just a recipe for disaster. But the theory is they won't necessarily be the only ones in the like. – there'll be more people to cover for their mistakes if you're more center backs. So in that respect, I think that that might be positive. But I'd rather play four at the back and just have better center backs. But that's not the ideal world that we live in. Uh, with regards to Brian, I definitely agree with Mike that, you know, he's been caught out um, in the first match, you know, the first goal of the season. He just watched Lacazette waltz into the box, didn't do anything. And, and the penalty is just an uh, incredibly dumb, dumb thing to do. Just 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 nonsense, shoving someone in the back, right? Yep. You, know, you know there's a VAR. You know you're never
1: going to get there. That's right. There's no need. There's just no need. Um, but again, we're going to talk about that because that irritated yeah. me. It's funny. It's like, which goal Mike irritated you the most, believe it or not, it was the Joe Bryan one for me, but we'll talk about that because yeah. actually anyone listening live, which goal that full gave up irritated you the most for me, it's the uh, penalty that Joe Bryan gave up. Cause that to me was uh ridiculous, but we'll-, we'll go through it. Trust me. We'll go through it. I just want to share a couple more comments. Cause it goes along with our conversation. Robinson left back. With Brian in front, this is from Paul Fisher, who I just shared. And then this is from Robin Pendrell. Robinson left back, push Brian up. He can whip a ball in. Totally agree with that. And this is from Dan Mason. I like Brian, but his positional play, likes to wander. Totally agree, Dan. All right, guys, let's uh, let's move on. We're obviously focusing on a lot of the defensive issues because uh, it's probably what we should be focusing on. But let's talk a little bit more, get into talking about this match before we do that Mike just real quick thoughts on the starting 11 that Parker picked in this match
3: well yeah I, first thing is disappointed to see uh Rodak uh, dropped um I would have hoped that he would have got a bit more of a run um in the team but I said when we signed the when we signed the keeper you know he, he wasn't going to hang around long he would be in the team um so yeah, disappointed for Radek there. I mean, you, reading a few things, it was a tactical because he could played the ball a bit better. But yeah, still disappointed on that. Glad to see Anguissa start. Yep. You know, I met. You know, even when he joined, I told you know I said I was a fan of his, and uh, I thought he was given a bit of rough treatment in the first season. But uh, you know, it's good to see him back, and I hope he stays. Although you know, he is a player that clubs want, and. Uh, You know, even though we say we won't sell, who knows? Um, obviously not happy with a doy. Um I don't know who I suppose I would have gone with Ream. Um I don't know, the worst of the there is another option, you know, when people talk about free free defenders, it doesn't always have to be three centre backs. It doesn't. So one centre back in the middle with two full backs is the way um Bobby Robson used to do it right. because he always used to say when your fullback when a centre-back goes out wide they're uncomfortable because that's not their position but a fullback when they go out wide is better so you could always look at that you look at the you know change it that way um but anyway get back to it. yeah. yeah reading and Grease I'm happy as a base surprise Kearney has dropped um but uh you know, we know he likes Onuma, but you know, he's been pretty invisible
1: the last couple
3: of games. Uh Kamara, right to start on the wing, on the wing and and Cav gets a chance and, and Mitrovic up top. So yeah, not, not totally happy, but not you know, it, it, there's a lot of players there you can he can mix and match. Um but the, the core of it, you know, reading and grisa I'm very happy with and yep. Mitrovic. It's who's gonna be that third midfielder. Is it gonna be Kenny? I agree. Um I would always start Kamara on, on wide if Mitrovic just for his pace. Um so yeah, I mean fairly happy with it, but uh, just the main things for me again with the centre back and the key. I totally agree. It's interesting, you know, and again, I feel bad
1: for Rodak too, Max. Mike brings up a good point. Does he deserve to be dropped? But you bring in this goalkeeper who has his pedigree. You got to play him. You have to play him. But also, we're talking about communication issues, right? Leadership. It's going to take him time to command. But it's funny because I thought he looked pretty good. Again, he gives up the goals, but I could see his command. But I think it's going to take time. The defense and the goalkeeper to come on the same page. It really is a work in progress. But what are your thoughts? Mike brings up a good point. There are several options to mix and match for. Scott Parker, did he
2: get it right? Yeah, I think it was a bit of a gamble, I think, to take out Ream, and put in the doy. Uh, no one really thought a doy be the solution, but again, Reem was pretty poor, so he took a gamble, it didn't really pay off. And the team was stronger than the first week, that's for sure, but again, it's it's, it's not great. A lot of players, listen, I, I love Kamara, I also love players like Anemar and but I don't think they're Premier League players. You know, a lot of this has been know overtaken by the talks of defense, but I just don't think we create enough right in attack. And we see Mitrovic get isolated. And I think it got a lot better when Decodova Reed came on and Cabano came on. Yep. I was I was shocked by Decadova Reed. I think he was that was his best performance I've seen from him. He was really positive running out players playing that right behind Mitrovic as a nine. I thought he was excellent. But starting lineup it's fine. I think the keeper discussion is very interesting, right? Because we signed someone on yes. loan from PSG. As Mike said, he's not gonna expect to be in the bench. But listen, last season, two seasons ago, I was very adamant that Edonelli wasn't given enough of a chance. And I think Rodak should feel hard done by. Um, especially because I don't think he was I think he was not great in the first week, but he didn't do anything terrible to deserve no. being dropped. Um I, I guess we'll have to see again. It's it's a, it's an unforgiving league. I do think Ariel Ariel is the better keeper, but we'll see how that plays out.
1: Okay. All right, guys, let's uh go through this. Fairly quickly because I really want to focus on top, topics to end the show that uh, moving forward for Fulham. So, but let's let's get into it, Michael. Go to you first because, um, like I said, fans uh, that are watching live, which was the worst goal Fulham gave up? You've got some good ones to choose from, and we could start with this one, Mike, because uh, this one again is inexcusable. Your thoughts on the first goal from Leeds United and? I'm going to share my thoughts on Leeds United after we finish talking about the match because I've got some serious thoughts on them. I, I predicted them for relegation, and uh, I'm not changing my mind on that. But regardless, and that might shock people because I think Bielsa's system will be found out eventually. And I think, it, you know, and again, they're, they're leaking goals as many as Fulham. But regardless, let's not talk about Leeds United. I want to give them credit because they, they were the better team. But this first goal was more about Fulham, Max. Max, I'm sorry. Mike, your
3: thoughts? Ah, oh, uh, t- dreadful goal. You know, I mean, a corner. I think it's Reader actually heads it back, and there's this guy in a white shirt on his own, and he blasts it high up in, you know, into the back of the And we we talk about keepers. I mean, and you said it was uh, similar to the Palace goal two years yeah. ago. Yeah, absolutely. And Fabry, who was in goal that day, got absolutely slaughtered um, by by fans. Actually, I think this is a worse goal to let in. The angle is tighter. Keeper had longer to longer to line himself up, and and if you actually watch it in slow motion, he actually sort of somehow he sort of goes down, you know, and the ball goes above him. Um, but unmarked, way at the back post, way way back at the back post. Um, yeah, just dreadful planning uh, for the players. Were doing not following instructions? I don't know. Was it something Leeds did? Uh, different um, from what the players have been instructed to follow. I don't know, but, uh, yeah, a poor goal. Poor goal, mark, no marking, and the angle, I, I do believe, the keeper. Uh, it was a good shot, don't get yeah. me wrong, but I do feel, you know, keeper should have done maybe a bit better.
1: I totally agree with that, Mike. All right, let's talk about Fulham's first goal, Max. I'll give you the honours here. And um, I actually talked to Emilio, after this match, and again, I'm not trying to just dump all over Fulham and dump over Joe Bryan, okay? This is soft, I think. Again, I'll take it. I'll take any opportunity I can get. Am I being too harsh on Joe Bryan? Was this soft for Fulham to get uh, a penalty? What are your thoughts about that and the Mitro scores? Am, am I being too critical for Ful- on Fulham for this opportunity because it just seems a little soft to me? I think you're right. I was honestly surprised it wasn't overturned
2: by VAR. It was really close. And on second viewing, it didn't look like there's much contact at all. Brown just kind of went down, uh, saw the outsides leg, and, and took the opportunity. But at least that was a little bit of a positive attacking run from him making something happen. But it really was out of the blue. I don't think we deserved the goal in that first half. We created so little, and we really barely had the ball. I thought Leeds oppressed us very well, um, and they really canceled us out completely. Uh, but it was a very good penalty by Mitro, and I'm I'm happy for him because remember how much of an issue yeah. penalties were last season. Um, you know, my sister texted me; she's like, "I'm surprised Kamara didn't oh, trying to take he, it from him on penalty. the pitch." No, <laughs> um, <laughs> that, 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 was, that was a little bit of answer. but yeah, it, it, it was insanity back on one one level terms because we didn't yep. deserve it. Uh, but again, we uh, we gave it away so quickly afterwards, and it showed that uh, we didn't deserve it at all.
1: Okay. All right. Just want to just uh, share this comment because uh, my friend Tony Gold is bringing in, as always, most disappointing factor was the zonal marking shocking. You're 100% right, Tony. Just want to mention that because we're going through all the goals that Fulham scored and obviously all the goals that that Leeds United scored. And Mike, uh, let's talk about, I'm going to give you the honors of talking about the second goal for Leeds United. I said this is the worst. And again, I'm trying not to dump too much on Joe Bryan. I like Joe Bryan too. I see his value. I want him at Fulham. What the hell was he doing here, Mike? I, I'm,
3: I'm just asking the question. What was he doing here? Well, somebody tweeted, wasn't it, a positional, uh, you know, to allow the player to get behind you. I mean, the cross comes in, decent cross as well. Um, but, yeah, I mean, why why touch him? I just don't know. I mean, it's a soft penalty, but, you know, it's a penalty. Um, but there's a lot of errors in that. If, if you rewind yeah. and watch it and freeze it when the penalty is done – when the guy comes down, yep. you'll you'll see, um, you know, four Fulham defenders in in the box and um, three Leeds players in the box and one player where the ball has come over who's on his own. So again, where you know where are we? What's going on? And uh, yeah, it's um, it's a mess when you look at it like that. But yeah, it's a very bad bad penalty to give away. Uh, you could argue it's soft, like I say, but. Um, yep positional-wise from Brian. And unfortunately, we, we see it pretty consistently from him. Um, and, uh, yeah, he's it's a, it's a weakness.
1: That's what we have. Absolutely. And listen, Mike, yes, you you can consider it soft, but there's no excuse for Joe Brian and, and the whole situation. I'm glad that you talked about it as a whole. All right, so you go in the half down 2-1. to one. You're still in the match, and that changes very quickly, Max. Let's go to the – second half, and let's talk about the third goal for Leeds United, okay? And, uh, again, this is preventable. Your thoughts on the third goal?
2: Very preventable. Uh, and this is where I have to take issue with Tete because he's caught up the pitch. He's trying to run back, but it, it's a great ball to Banford because it splits right behind Tete trying to recover and where Hector is. And you watch it back; it's it's so simple by Leeds. It, it, it's such a simple goal that just sliced right through us. But I think it was really of our own making. Tete loved getting up all match, and I think yep. it paid off with the assist. But you're taking that risk, and you're you yourself exposed, especially with you know Cavalera on that wing, or maybe it was Kamara. Either way, you know you're those are not two defensive wingers. So if, if the right back gets out of the pitch, there's very little cover, and you know we get punished for it. And if you're going to talk about the keeper, I think Ariel does deserve a bit of criticism for this because Bamford really passed it in, but it wasn't right in the corner. Uh, A a lot of goal, I think, was there to be aimed at. And I think the positioning was not great. But I have to really point the finger at the right back because the goal comes out of that position and he's out of position. And again, it's it's just terrible game management. The timing of the goals kills us within the first five minutes, right before halftime and right in the second half starts. And those are daggers in the heart. And and as a a team, those are just demoralized
1: and that's what's interesting because we will talk about the fight back in a little bit which again I, I want to give full full credit for and we're going to spend some time talking about that but mike over to you because let's talk about the fourth goal because it is about the timing they're down 3 to 1 the match is not over at this point now it, it's looking a hell of a lot more hard at 4 to 1 and you have to think about it because if it was only 3 to 1 and they got their crap together, and then maybe Fulham end up getting something from this match. But they give up the fourth goal, which makes it extremely difficult to get anything out of it. Your thoughts on the fourth goal from Leeds United?
3: Yeah, well, so, yeah I think it's a good goal from Leeds. Very you yes. know, on, the, on the camera. You have to attack, give them credit. Yeah, I mean, we're in their half. Ball comes out. You see Hector go for a header wide right. Okay, he doesn't win it. Ball goes back. You have a doy there. Guy, Leeds player running onto it. And um, we're at sixes and sevens. And you see him go past the doy, cuts back, lots of red shirts all together. And then there's these guys oh. in white at the back. So we've all raced back, not not looking at the players. It's a classic pullback and, you know, a good finish, a good quick goal. And, and we don't score enough for those type of goals. That's right. Um, even last season. But, uh, no, it was uh, – you free one down. You're trying to get back into the game, so sometimes you know things get a bit messed up. But I think it's a good goal for Leeds. And going back to a point you said earlier, we don't want to discuss Leeds, but that I think they will run out of steam uh, come the end of the season. So I think they will be down near the bottom. But I think uh, so. you know because of the way he plays the game. Exactly. But uh, I think. The players they got, they they're just going to have enough to stay up. But it's going to be it's going to be close for them near the end of the season. I think just based on their fitness and the way they do things. But it was a good goal. I'd like to score goals like that. <laughs> so, so would I, Mike. And
1: I want to give them credit for the goals, like I said. But I agree with everything that you said about Leeds United. I I could see them just flickering with relegation. I predicted relegation for them. We'll see if I'm end up being right because of the style of bielsa and also like you said being run down by the end of the season can this team keep up with it because they did last season but the season prior they ran out of gas will it happen again this season i don't know in the premier league but we shall see okay coming up though let's talk about some positives the fight back from fulham this is actually encouraging so let's get to talking about the comeback Well, actually, just the fight back because there really was no comeback because they did not come all the way back. Okay, guys, Max, over to you. Let's talk about this goal because um, it's from Bobby Reed. This is beautifully set up from Frank and Gisa. And what's great about this is that um, I've seen Bobby Reed score these types of goals. Unfortunately, not for Fulham as much. He actually scored one last season. But he did this at Bristol City, and it actually gives you hope that maybe we could see a little bit more of this from Bobby Decker-Dover-Reed. But we also have to talk about the pass. So your thoughts about the second goal, and then all of a sudden, Fulham have just a little bit of life.
2: Yeah, credit to Nguisa for winning the ball back in a great area in the pitch and then very quickly looking forward. It's something we don't see very often from our midfielders. Normally it's a sideways pass, backwards pass. Nguisa had the ambition, had the vision. And it was really perfectly weighted into Bobby Reed, which I thought set up his finish really nicely. He didn't have to go and collect it. It was right in his stride. And you know, a lot of us have given him a tough time, especially I think in midweek, he missed a lot of good opportunities. Certainly last year in the championship, he missed a boatload. But this finish is actually very difficult, but he scores the difficult ones, misses the easy ones, really well drilled in the bottom left-hand corner. low and That's what Evan says to shoot low and hard. It's the hardest for the keeper to save. Um, and I think it's an honestly a great turnaround on him. To get that in, in, in this moment, you know. And it was his best performance I think I've seen from him in a while. He comes down, down three goals, and, and he starts attacking, he's playing with really no fear. That's what I want to see. I think he might make a really good case to start next match because of this cameo.
1: Okay, good stuff there, Max. Okay, Mike, back over to you. We've, we've talked about Kenny Tete, and uh, we've highlighted some of the shortcomings, some of the defensive issues, but there's some really good things to talk about when it comes to him and uh let's talk about the goal which sets up from him to Mitro and I actually called this right. I I said Mitro was going to score two goals Mike unfortunately I, I said Fulham would win I got that wrong but I got the goals right so so thoughts on the third Fulham goal which would end up putting some pressure on Leeds United your thoughts on it
3: yeah well fair play to um I haven't mentioned it about Parker, but you know he made the changes, and yep. uh, he was going to make the changes before they scored the fourth as well. But uh, um, but it starts, you know, it starts deep. Uh, Frank passes passes the ball. We build up, play it forward quickly. What we were saying about the Leeds fourth goal, yep. and a few good interchanges, and uh, you know it's a lovely cross, and and Mitrovic involved in the build up as well. So it's a you know a classic centre forward goal as well, the sort of he- header and, you know, um, and shows how important he is to us. And, you know, we talk about centre-backs. We need another striker as well to oh, help, help him. Um, because anyone expected him to play all 38 games. Um, but, yeah, I mean, we're back into it um, for free. And, uh, you know, we get a chance soon afterwards as well, don't we? Really? So, um, so yeah, I mean, it's uh, it shows that we... Can, it shows that we do have some character and some in the team and that's going to come from Parker. Obviously we, you know, I suppose if this had been two years ago, it could have ended six one. That's right. But, uh, um, but you can't go away and, and score three goals and, and, and keep losing. So, you know, we're back to, back to the, you know, the same old thing about, you know, we need to, we need to sort the defense out to allow those tackers to, to, um, you know, continue doing what they're doing, really, in some ways. I mean, I'm sure we've played in games where, you know, oh, we've watched the defence lit goals in left, right and centre and we're kicking off again up front, even though we keep scoring lots of goals. So yeah. it seems like one of those games. But, um, but, yeah, it was a good goal. And, like I say, positive from it is te- Tete. So, uh, you know, let's see what he can do more going forward.
1: Okay. And I'm glad you said this, Mike, because I do think that there's a different mentality this time around from two seasons ago there, there are similarities to the goals we were given up but I think the mentality is different and I do agree with you I actually think it comes from Parker he's instilled that confidence that fight so that's a positive that's something that we can hold on to and say okay maybe this season can be different because the mentality is different I agree with all of that and I think we saw this in the fight back unfortunately it just didn't go anywhere from that point on you Mentioned the opportunity, I believe, was from Cabano Hits the Post. And beyond that, there really wasn't much. And this is – I'm going to go back to you, Mike, because this is something that Emilio talked to me afterwards, after the match about. And, you know, and again, these are just little details because I actually wanted to see Lamina. And um, actually, Max, I'll go to you. What what are your thoughts about this? And then then I'll go back to Mike because it's actually your turn. So he had had a thought that (laughs) – Bringing Lamina on and taking Reed off changed things for Fulham a little bit. That we lost something with Reed coming off. What are your thoughts about that?
2: I think it's definitely true that for the past the last 60 minutes of the match, we didn't push on. From you know, we were just won goal down. We didn't really create any high quality chances. I don't know if I necessarily attribute that to Lamina coming on. I thought Lamina actually looked pretty good in terms of the drive he gives from center midfield. He offers a lot different than Reed. Whereas Lamina can really dribble by players, inject that pace, start counter attacks. I mean, it was very exciting, a very exciting player. So I, I wouldn't connect the two things. Lamina came on, ruined our rhythm. I just think the team ran out of steam, honestly. Um, and maybe the two goals were a bit of a fluke because we had that period of momentum, but we couldn't capitalize on it. And that's why I think um, the comeback is a bit tempered for me because on the face of it, it, it looks really great. But right. it really was a kind of 10 minute flurry and it wasn't sustained. And that's, I guess I'm less optimistic about it. It's great. We scored three goals, but it wasn't like we were laying siege to lead backline the final 10 minutes. They closed out the match pretty comfortably.
1: Okay. And uh, I agree with that. And uh just want to mention to everyone that's watching, I actually had a suggestion for us to uh, basically really get into rating the players, getting into talking a little bit more about the players. We've done that tonight. We've just don't have enough time to really rate the players. So we'll, do that moving forward in, in future shows, but I do have some topics that I want to go to the guys on to end the show. So let's start here, guys. Mike, I'm going to give you first shot at this one. Mike, do you think there are three teams worse than form? Um,
3: not de- not defensively, no. So I'm going <laughs> to say no. Uh, <laughs> I, I I don't. I can't see as at the moment staying up like I just can't okay um, and
1: that's being honest
3: yeah yeah we we need we we need new players we need more players so, okay so yeah
1: but your opinion could change if we brought in the right players let's
3: yeah if he comes in with two center backs and another striker if they, if we end up with that and I mean a striker not a winger come striker <laughs> um we need someone we need someone who's a backup for for Mitro, it's going to be difficult because they're not going to be a starter. But you also need someone who, you know, potentially can play with him when we're chasing the game, which we're going to be doing an awful lot. And, um, but you know, essentially, if we don't bring in two good centre-backs, then um, no, I don't see three teams worse than us. We might have better attackers than a few of them. Right. Um, but that's not going to mean anything when we're letting in three goals a game. Okay. Max, do you agree with Mike on this?
1: I've given this some thought, and I think that there could be. But honestly, Mike brings up a good point defensively right now. If it doesn't change to what we're seeing, if this is what it's going to be, Mike's right. If we get the players that Mike's talking about, and I, I will agree with uh, this uh, post here, this uh, this comment. I hope foam sign quality, not quantity. I agree with that but I still want two center backs. I just want to mention that they need quality players to come in that can actually start. Do you agree with Mike?
2: I do. I think it's brutally honest, but I think it's spot on. If we continue with this defense, I don't know how anyone can expect us to stay up. We just, I mean, it's very simple. We haven't been given the tools to stay in this league. You know, I mean, that's, that's, that's a sad reality. Hope, I mean, there's a long way to go, so I don't want that to be true. But in this moment, I think West Brom with a clear team was worse than us, right? They're yeah. kind of like the Huddersfield. Remember last season, like, oh, at least we'll have Huddersfield and Cardiff. That's what everyone kept saying. And then we, we were along with them. Um, but <laughs> who else is there? I think Southampton have looked poor. But I think they're quality. They're much more quality than we have. I think I would have tipped West Ham just because they're I was going to say West Ham. There. But again, listen, West Ham only lost 2-1 to Arsenal. The team everyone is raving, oh, best team, They it's 3-0, all. don't make conclusions. Well, they only lost two in the Arsenal, okay? So
1: okay.
2: there's that. I mean, I, I want Palace to be dragged in, but they've won the first two matches. A team like Newcastle might get sucked in. But again, these are all things we're hopeful. We're ho- hopefully, teams might get sucked in, but we're in there now. Um, so at this moment in time, I think we're probably the third worst or the second worst, te- second right. worst team in the league. It's not, a, it's not a good position to be in, but, you know, things can change. I don't want to make any um, predictions for the end of the season, but I think it's right. fair to say, if we stay like this,
1: yes. If then, we stayed like this. Done. Then we're done. Right. It's, you know, again, we're just saying if this is the team, which I don't expect it to be, I expect there to be additions, and let's hope they are quality additions, and then our our attitudes could potentially change. And uh, I understand why you are both saying that. All right. I'm going to go to my stats, man. That's Mr. Greg. Final topic of the show, Mike. Okay. You run the stats. You're fantastic with it. I know it's very early but you've already talked about the points that are out there for foam. So I'm going to ask you because it's funny. I, our friend in Australia, James Dalton asked the question in a group that I'm a part of, is this a must win against Aston Villa? Mike.
3: So, so this is a question that um, gets a lot of stick because you, if you ask this on, on Twitter, something, how can you say it's a must win after three games, you know, or, or whatever, but yeah, you have to take the long-term view. So, if you're targeting a point a game to just about stay up, this is you know, the third game, we've got no points, then yes, it is a must win, especially when you're in a run where these are games you need to pick points up. So so yeah, I'd argue, yes, it is. I don't think a point will be enough uh, against Villa um, because, because of what we've just spoken about is the team, as it stands to, today, isn't good enough. Right. So we need, we need to pick up points somehow. Um, otherwise, we're going to be playing catch-up again. And we saw that last time. And, uh, you know, it's um, – so, yeah, absolutely it is a must-win. is a must-win for morale. It's a um, a must-win to convince some of the players to stay as well, you know, because if we don't bring in – which got that angry, sir, so who, you know, <laughs> I tweeted yesterday you know, or the day before about people being late to the party on him. Um, you know, he, he won't want us, let's be honest, He, you know, he's, he's going to have suitors from other countries and other clubs wanting him. If we're three games in and we've lost three and we haven't bought a centre back, then, you know, can you argue against players wanting to leave? So, so yeah, we, yeah, it's a must win. Yeah, absolutely. Okay.
1: Max, I have a feeling you're going to agree with Mike. I shouldn't put words in your mouth. Do you agree with Mike? <laughs>
2: Yeah, I mean, it, it does feel weird to be talking about a must-win, and we're in September, <laughs> third and of the season, but Mike makes a very convincing he case. He uh, does. Yeah, I think we'll know a lot about this team after the Villa match. I think that was one of the teams I didn't mention. People in the comments thankfully said it. Like Villa, I think another team that could be worse than us. But they, against the odds, stayed up last season. So They did. We'll see. Um, yeah, I mean, listen, I, next weekend after the Villa match, Twitter could either be a complete cesspool or it could be happy oh days on that. So <laughs> we'll see. Um, but this is another reason why I wrote up this in my heavy end piece a couple weeks ago. Yep. Why getting early signings is so crucial is because we almost have a must-win match. And it's a third yep. match the season. And no matter who we sign, I think, in the next week, they won't be ready to start against Villa. That's fair to say. No one starts, gets pushed right. back quickly. And so we're going into this must-win match with a championship defense. That's, 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 yeah. just great. I mean, that's not good enough. Not, not
1: nearly good enough. <laughs> no, it's not good enough, Max. And honestly, I agree with the two of you. And especially the way Mike described it, I, he's 100% right. It's a must win if you want to stay at pace. If you want to play catch up all the time, then you could say, well, they don't have to win. But if you want to stay pace, it's a must win. And you have to beat the teams that you should be beating. This is one of them. And plus Mike, I can't stand Aston Villa. So I desperately want them to win. Can't stand them. Can't, can't, can't stand their, their fan base. Can't stand them. So for me, it's a must win for Fulham and also just for personal reasons, because I just really just cannot stand that group. I just can't. Anyways, great show. Fantastic show. Mr. Greg, thank you as always for joining us tonight. I know it's late in England.
3: Thank you, Mike. No problem. I enjoyed it. And, uh, yeah, I think we'll get that win. I, yeah, I mean, uh, yeah, I just think Parker's going to be on them this week and, uh, you know, he wasn't happy after the match and uh, if we are going to stay up a home game against Villa, we're going to have to pick the points up and yep. uh, we've got we've got eight games, I think. I think it's eight games before we play City. I think I'll just have a quick check. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and we need to be looking at, you know, probably four wins from those next eight games. And um, filler game is the place where it has to start. Okay, excellent. Final thoughts
1: from you, Mr. Cohen.
2: Yeah, I mean, this, this is honestly, it's been a depressing, depressing hour because I think Mike puts us in a really good perspective <laughs> of the predicament we're in. Like, yeah, it's very early in the season, but we've got to start picking up wins. And, and this team doesn't look capable of getting three points in any match. Um, I know that's a negative view. I know that's certainly no. a view colored by just two matches. But you know, as Mike said, we, we don't really have time to settle into the league. No. We need to, we need to hit the ground running. Uh, and, and we'll see. Honestly, it's Fulham, though. I mean, they surprise us. You know, maybe we'll, against Burley in 2018, we got that 4-2 win. People thought that can be the thing that kickstarts us. It wasn't quite. But
1: I, I, I think so. we
2: have a performance <laughs> like that in us. Yeah. I don't know what it takes to get it out, but we need we need something like
1: that. I agree, Max, and uh agree with both of you because they need to keep pace, and uh, I think it's a winnable match. I've watched Aston Villa, and uh, I, I think that they're decent, but I think it, Fulham should be beating this team. So they need to get all three points. One point for me is just not going to be good enough against this team, and we have to focus on these matches. and. Uh, there's work to be done, but as Mike said, you know, listen, Scott Parker has a good amount of time to prepare for Aston Villa and hopefully they will be prepared. And, uh, but if they win this match, it's not going to be a turning point for me. I, I fell for the banana and the till pipe Mike uh, two seasons ago with the Burnley match. And if anyone wants to know what that reference is, it's from Beverly Hills cop. I thought that was the turning point. If they win this match, it's not the turning point. It just means that they're staying pace with, The rest of the teams that are around them, they need to win this match to keep pace. Anyways, great show. And before we go, I just want to thank everyone for your comments. We had a ton of comments from people watching live. Thank you, thank you, thank you, everyone that watches live and that listens to the show on basically my Twitter account, on the Cotterstock Facebook page, on my own Facebook page, and that listens to the show. In a podcast and, and watches replays. Thank you because we've had a tremendous amount of people that are brand new to Cottage Talk. So thank you, everyone that watches or listens to the show. But let's wrap this up. For Max Cohen and Mike Greg, I'm Russ Cohen. Thank you as always for watching and listening to Cottage Talk. It's the 90th minute and all to play for at the end of the match. All your mates are around. You've got your McDucket share boxes ready to go. Your mate's already got booked for double dipping, and you steal the last nugget, snatching all three points. Perfect. Order McDelivery now on the McDonald's app. Are you in? I know I'm in. At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee, and terms supply,
0: see McDonald's.com.